Welcome to the Sisterhood of the Traveling Books. I'm your host, Asia. And I'm Kiana. And this week, we're going to talk about part three of The Shining. Okay, so part three starts with Jack trying to fix the shingles on the Overlook, and he ends up getting stung by a wasp. And he's thinking about finishing his play and sending it to his agent. And he finds the wasp's nest and deals with that. He then starts reminiscing about his relationship with George Hatfield, who was someone who he had, a student that he had assaulted at his old school because he was a poor fit for the debate team because he stuttered. However, he did set the timer ahead one minute because he didn't feel like anybody wanted to hear him stutter. So he cut him from the team and then like a week later, George was out there slashing Jack's tires and Jack just beat him up. He was bleeding. Um, Another teacher had to intervene and... um. Yeah, it was just a bad situation, which ultimately led to him being let go. And so, um, yeah, so he goes to the equipment shed, gets the bug bomb to empty the wasp nest. And he wants to make it a gift for Danny because he remembers having one in his room while he was a child. So then, um, fast forward to Jackson and Wendy reading... Uh, and Danny goes up to him, shows them a model car that he bought in town. And um, Jack says that he'll help him build it. And Wendy says that she's the happiest she's been since they were married, which I think is so sweet. And so they're just saying, I love you. And she's over here like, I, you know, I can count the times on one hand that you've said this to me. But she's also worrying about Danny because it looks like he has um, lost weight since they've been at the Overlook. And then Jack gives Danny the wasp's nest and Wendy's kind of nervous because she doesn't want, you know, anything bad to happen to Danny because of this wasp's nest. So later that evening, um, Jack is working at his typewriter and um, Wendy tells Danny to go get ready for bed essentially and she's still uneasy about the wasp nest that's now on the table next to his bed and so she realizes Danny's taking a lot longer than he normally is in the bathroom and so she goes to check on him and the door is locked um she calls to him but all she can hear is you know the running water and Danny doesn't respond so Jack starts getting irritated because he's not responding and so he's over here like I'll spank you if you don't respond and Danny still doesn't answer so he kicks in the door and Danny's just sitting on the edge of the bathtub just like staring like in a trance and in his haze Danny says Roke stroke red rum and so Jack starts shaking Danny to bring him out of the trance And while he's doing that, Danny starts stuttering and Jack yells at him to stop stuttering. And um, Danny says that Tony told him to lock the door, but he doesn't remember anything that Tony showed him. And so they put Danny to bed and Danny asks for a nightlight. And Wendy leaves Jack and Danny alone and, 
you know, Danny asks, you know, you never hurt mommy, would you? Or me? And, you know, Jack says no. And Danny confesses to what um, Tony has showed him and asked him what red rum means. And, you know, Jack doesn't even know what that means. But he tells Danny he loves him and that he's sorry for losing his temper with him earlier. So, in Jack and Wendy's room, they agree that they're going to take Danny to a doctor. And, you know, Jack's like, okay, you know what? If you want to go stay with your mother and take Danny, that's fine. But Wendy's not really sure about that. And, but all they know is, you know, Jack can't leave the hotel because without this job, they're done. They don't have any money. They're broke. So... Danny's dreaming about the booming sound and a shadowy figure chasing him and he wakes up and there's three wasps coming uh crawling on his hand and they sting him 11 times while Danny's screaming for his parents and so Jack shouts at Wendy to kill the wasps which she does with the coloring book and he takes Danny to their bedroom and takes the wasp nest outside um and he was convinced that they were all dead and he doesn't understand what had happened um, to the wasp's nest for them to still be alive. So then they go and take Danny to the doctor and um, he explains how an EEG works and tells Danny about a brain function and asks if Danny ever sees, you know, like flashing lights or smells anything funny. And when the test is over, you know, Danny looks fine. But then he asks about Tony. And Danny says Tony is, you know, at least 11, but he also might be old enough to drive a car. So Danny says Tony helped him find Jack's lost trunk in the basement. And Danny had never even went into the basement. And he also tells him about Red Rum, but the doctor doesn't even know what that means. So... The doctor asked Danny to try to see Tony in the exam room. And, you know, after some effort, uh, Tony shows Danny a vision of Jack pouring over papers and books in the Overlook's basement. And Jack finds a scrapbook. So Danny tries to warn um, Jack to leave the scrapbook alone. And he hears Tony tell him, you know, this inhuman place makes human monsters. And before he returns to consciousness in the doctor's office, Danny repeats the first part of the quote to the doctor, but can't remember anything else about the vision. And the doctor asks if Danny remembers anything, you know, before Tony came and, you know, Danny's just like, well, my mom's worrying and she's thinking about her sister who died while she was a child. And Edmund sends Danny out to read in the waiting room while he talks to Jack and Wendy. So he tells Jack and Wendy that there's nothing physically wrong with Danny and that he's bright and too imaginative. And he describes Danny's trance state and shocks them when he says, you know, Danny believes that his parents has considered divorce. And, you know, his parents are shocked because they never even spoke it out loud. And he says that he feels like he Danny needs Tony more than other children because he thinks Tony predictions have logical explanations and he's now having problems with Tony because Tony has outlived his usefulness and so before they leave you know um the doctor asks Wendy about her sister and you know she's shocked because she's never even told Danny that 
she has a sister. So we fast forward and November 1st, you know, Jack begins exploring stacks of paper in the Overlook's basement, which was the vision that Danny had earlier. And most of them are receipts in newspapers. Um, but he then sees old register books and he sees names such as, you know, like Henry Ford from the Ford Motor Company and movie stars and a president, Warren G. Harding, ordering a whole salmon and a case of beer at 10 o'clock one night. And then he finds a scrapbook filled with the Overlook's history. And these clippings uh, detail, you know, the purchase and the revival of the hotel and how the original owner made his fortune in aviation. But there's other things in there, such as bootlegging and smuggling and gambling. So, his ownership was unprofitable, and he ended up selling it to a California development company. And then, in 1961, a group of writers tried to make it into like some kind of like writer's resort, I'm assuming. And um, it, it didn't last long. It didn't last long. But then, then some Las Vegas mobsters took over. And, um, yeah. it That ends with the slaying of, I'm assuming, like, the mob leader and his bodyguards in the presidential suite. And uh, there's a handwritten note that says they took his balls along with them. And so, Wendy interrupts you know, while Jack is exploring and, um, she notices that he's rubbing his mouth, which is something that he used to only do in his drinking day. So now she's worried that he's starting to drink again. And, you know, he reassures her and he, you know, is a little flirty with her and be like, okay, let's go up to the bedroom. And she's like, okay, well, let's eat something first. <clears throat> so while Jack is exploring the basement, um, Danny's just like, you know what? What's what's going on with room 217? And so he even takes the master key from the office up to the room, but he does not go in. But in the corridor, he notices the hose of a fire extinguisher uh, curled against the wall. And, you know, as he's walking towards it, it's starting to resemble more and more like a snake. And so he gets nervous and he runs away. So then he, uh, Jack goes to the library to read old newspaper articles about the Overlook. And Wendy interrupts him to see what he's reading and how much longer he will be. But, you know, he kind of snaps and is like, well, why are you so interested? And he starts feeling a headache and he snaps at her and, you know, she's looking pale. And he apologizes and... She offers him an aspirin, but he's like, no, I want Excedrin because he used to, that used to cure his hangovers whenever he was an alcoholic. They didn't have Excedrin, so he goes to the drugstore to get Excedrin while Whitney and Danny are at a park. And then at the drugstore, he calls Ullman in Florida and, you know, he asks him about the mobsters and everything and how... Um, there were even suspicions that it was once a brothel and he's upset that he didn't, Ullman did not tell Jack, you know, all this history 
about the um overlook whenever they he was interviewing like why wasn't he told and you know he starts to well to me starts getting testy and so it's like you know I'm gonna write a book about the overlook and it ends up really upsetting Ullman so after he's threatening to write a whole book about the overlook he gets a call from Al and he's angry to hear about how Jack was treating um Omen. And so after a little bit of convincing, he um he gets Jack to say that he's not going to write a book. But you know, in Jack's mind, he's like, you know what, I'm just gonna say it to get this conversation over with, but I'm still gonna work on this book. And um, you know, Danny's starting to worry that, you know, his dad is losing his marbles. So then, uh, Wendy and Danny take the truck to Sidewinder, and they start hearing forecasts about the snow on the radio. And, you know, Wendy even asks Danny, you know, like, would you be happier if we weren't at the Overlook? And Danny's excited. He's like, yes, yes. Like, can we leave? Can we go get a motel somewhere? And um, he's like, well, no, but we can go stay with my mother. And, but Danny's like, no, he doesn't want to stay with Wendy's mother. And, um... Then Wendy ends up asking um, if his dad has started drinking again, and he's like, no, but he omits the not yet part. So while Wendy and Danny are in Sidewinder, Jack is at the Overlook, and he's trimming the um, hedge animals. And um, he's just saying, you know, like, if this were my hotel, you're like, none of you would be here. And... um while he's heading back, he feels like the animals are moving. And so, then, they're all back on the Overlook, and they're watching the snow fall. And, um, they all go in for supper, and Wendy's trying to reassure everybody, be like, you know what? Spring will be here before we know it. And so, a week and a half after the first snow, um... They have no more communication um, outside of the Overlook. Jack is in the basement looking at papers. And Danny, who's a kid, you know, has left his own devices. And he goes back to room 217 with the pass key. And he actually goes inside. And when he goes inside, he goes into the bathroom and pulls back the shower curtain. And there he sees the body of a dead woman who you know, isn't, is not just recently dead, like, she's been dead a long time, like, she's bloated, and she's purple, and Danny tries to scream, but, you know, he, he can't, and so, he starts running, and he goes to the door, but he can't open it, and he's just over here, like, repeating Dick's, uh, words in his head, and it's just like, you know, they're pictures in a book, they can't hurt you, but then he feels her clammy hands close around his throat. So, this one, it it kind of went more into Jack's problem. Yes. If that makes sense. Because that's yeah. like the first chapter, isn't it? He got yeah, it starts honing in on Jack and his past. And he's thinking about all the different situations he's been in due to his drinking and stuff. Very interesting. I will say. 
That's very interesting. What, how he assaulted a student? How it seems like he's uh trying to place the blame on others for his issues, but at the same time trying to wrap it around in a way that he's also at fault. Does that even make sense? Like, he was... <laughs> Let me back up. Let's back up for a second. Um, Definitely, that assault of George was crazy. I feel like he was jealous of George, probably because George was young and popular, like how Jack used to be, but now Jack's not. Yes, but also, I mean, George was slashing his tires. Fair. George That's shouldn't have done the only thing I have to say is, like, okay, yeah, he assaulted a student, but also... I know me, I wouldn't just be like, excuse me, sir, can you please stop doing that when somebody's slashing my tires? Now, he probably went too far and, like, he didn't have to keep going and keep beating him. You know, yeah. he could have just ripped him away from the tire, but he I didn't. He was, he was, I mean, he was, he was slashing the kid, the kid was slashing his tires. But Jack also, the reason, you know, Jack didn't stop him either. Jack lost his temper. Jack like they had to pull him off because he was bleeding out of his ear. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. That's, that's not good. That's a definite sign of a minimum a concussion. Like, <laughs> I know that's why I was like, he went too far. Like, he didn't have to keep going and keep beating him. But I do feel like I don't feel like the kid should just walked away either. <laughs> but that's I know my opinion. If I saw someone slashing the tires to my car, I know I'd be mad and I'd be trying to fight. Oh, yeah. I may not be able to connect, baby, but we're fighting. Like, <laughs> that's why I can't blame him for, you know, getting mad and wanting to fight the kid. He did go too far because that's where his temper was getting the best of him. But also at the same time, if the kid would have never slashed his tires, he probably still would have had a job. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. He definitely would have still had his job. And you got to think, like, George was taking things so personal about, well, at the same time, as it's later revealed in this uh set part anyways. You know, he actually did increase the time limit by a minute because he said them listening to him stutter was just so pathetic that he didn't want to sit anyone through it for five full minutes. But but also he told him beforehand that he had a stutter and he just kept denying it. He did. And then when Jack mocked his stutter, I started laughing, which is so mean. <laughs> That's so mean. Because he was saying something and Jack was like, duh, 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 duh. <laughs> I was like, oh, Jack's an asshole. Like when I said oh, in the beginning. Yeah. Like I said in the beginning, Jack's not a character that's supposed to be like lovable he's not he's not i don't want to say he's necessarily a bad guy like i may have before i just he's just realistic i think that's one of the things he's a shade of realistic you know because he's a at this point he was recovering and he was going through the motions of that and then you've got this kid <laughs> failing. making it hard making it hard on you making it hard and then he's over here I know Jack. I feel like Jack was jealous of George, and I like how he kept saying that he's pretty sure he based his play characters that original um play he was working on when he was at Stovington. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Jack has said he was pretty sure he based those characters around himself and George, and I feel like 
that was also helped fueling whatever craziness was going in him as well. Because I like how it says later on, he starts working on it again, but he changed the characters around. So I feel like that was a showing of an evolution from, you know, when he was thinking about his past on this roof to now he's sitting and on the typewriter and actually trying to type something out. So I guess like it's starting to show a little bit of Jack's evolution in that sense. But also this is Stephen King. And then throughout the rest of the um, part three, Jack is going through it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jack is going through it. He's having like the symptoms of going through alcohol withdrawals without him drinking a thing. It's that place. It is that place. Another thing that happened is Danny getting stung by the wasp. Yeah, after he did the bug bomb stuff and he was so sure. And yeah, Danny wakes up from his little dream vision thing and he got stung. There was wasp on him. He got stung and then his parents came in. Oh, did you peep? He had stuttered a little bit because it scared him and Jack just bellowed at him to stop the stuttering. I was like, oh, yes, yes, I did catch that. I was like, oh. you Are salty. You flashbacks of George. Yep. I said, you salty, huh, Jackie boy? <laughs> and the fact there was just so many wasps that just came out of nowhere out of that nest. When he put it in the Pyrex bowl, like Jack said, it was literally like he was guessing there was like 50 plus wasp in there and he was like because wendy was like oh blah 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 and he was like you don't understand like i aired it out i've done it before i had one in my room when i was a kid and also you got to think the season too it's fall leading into winter the wasps and how cold it is because stephen king had mentioned the temperatures like how they're slowly starting to fall the wasp yeah. wouldn't even be alive oh yeah mm-hmm. well they Not, they shouldn't be after that bug bomb because most of them yeah yeah and even if somehow they would have survived the temperature at night would have killed them so that's why he was like that doesn't make any sense and he knows he used it correctly and do you see well, also at the same time like it's not like he handed it to his son and all these wasps came out and stung him no like yeah they you know it was like the rest of that day or whatever into the night. And they're crawling on Danny. Yeah, I was like, not them, not them on Danny boy in his sleep. <laughs> I was like, oh, uh-uh, that's nasty. That's, ugh. But I like how Jack, um, you start seeing Jack really, he keeps mentioning it too, you know, in his like inner monologue, like he does not like the hotel as much as what they originally did. Oh, well. We also find out a little bit of the history of the hotel overlook and all the death that happened in the hotel yeah jack sticking his nose in places he probably shouldn't exploring the basement and finding the scrapbooks and what was it like there was one person who went and moved the body and sent it back just so they wouldn't be found dead in the hotel mm-hmm. like i was like oh this is not good because in the vision Danny was having, his dad discovered this. So Exactly. So like That lets you know that's a bad sign. Mm-hmm. That's a really bad sign. And have you 
noticed too after he discovered this because i noticed ever since he discovered it he became it's like he's become obsessed i was about to say it kind of seems like he's having like a little psych break yeah like because he just like before he was like okay i really don't like the hotel all this stuff and then you know afterwards you know he's over here calling people trying to you know like why didn't you tell me all this happened at the hotel and then goes and calls his boss aka friend and be like oh i'm gonna write a play about this or i'm gonna write a book about this and i'm just like he's becoming more and more obsessed because you wouldn't want to write a book about something that did not interest you so clearly he's gonna want to do the research and everything to find out as much as he can about this hotel in order to fill out enough of a book yeah, and he's just falling into a deep, deep, deep hole. Because, yeah, that's when he called Ullman. And like even Jack said, like, I don't even know what compelled me. The hotel, we all know. But oh, he yeah. was, I don't know what compelled me because it was petty. And then Al called him. And like Wendy had said, when Al calls you, it's business. Like, because Al reached out to him. And Al was basically like, no, what you're not going to do. Because he made him make a deal with him, essentially. And basically i was just like you two parts of the deal because al has such a huge stake in the the hotel which makes sense as how he was able to pull some strings to give jack a job Mm -hmm. honestly and you know and al was basically telling him that it was a two-part deal not to call ullman for anything anything he said to call watson's creepy self and two was to not was to not write about the hotel Oh, yeah. And, of course, he's still gonna write about the hotel. Oh, yeah. He just said yes, but he literally went... Exactly. But he then he went on to say, you know, oh, I may still write a book, but and but he said at first it was just gonna be something a lot lighter in content, but now he's, like, dead set on revealing the hotel's past with, you know, like, the mafia and people shady dwellings, and I'm like, he is losing his marbles. It's like he gave up one addiction for another, you know, alcohol clearly he's an alcoholic you're always an alcoholic you're just a recovering one but so he's a recovering alcoholic and now but it's like now his new addiction is finding dirt on this hotel yeah it's like he's kind of replacing drinking with this hotel in a sense Mm -hmm. i agree and i'm like this is madness but before i go on i do like to mention how they took uh the doctor they took uh everybody to the doctor after the beast the wasp excuse me not beast the wasp stings and the doctor they Stephen king had me fooled for fooled because for a slick second i thought the doctor was going to believe mr danny not even gonna lie to you but yeah i already knew i was like nobody's gonna believe him especially most doctors i was like but he's also a doctor not a child um psychologist but even then probably wouldn't and he doesn't believe in it and but he was trying to tell wendy and stuff you know the parents and wendy was just like she's not willing to accept the doctor y'all know wendy gets on my nerves but i'll give wendy this because wendy's like but he doesn't live with us you know he doesn't understand she was listening to different things like how they'll need to go to the library and then the next day she happens to see the books outside near the door with like the library card on top and she never mentioned it and things like that Mm -hmm. because he was just kind of chalking it up to like 
you know, him knowing where, I can't remember what it was, but whenever they were moving and they had lost something, him knowing where it was at, he's like saying, oh, that's probably because, you know, he overheard or maybe he saw that was the only place you hadn't looked yet or yeah, um, about the trip to the, was it the zoo for his birthday? Zoo or amusement park, it was one of the two. And he was like, oh, well, maybe he just figured, you know, because he said that he wanted to go. He was just really, you know, hoping that you guys were going to take him. And I was like, okay, I mean, that does make sense. But also, we see some of the stuff that he knows about, which he shouldn't know about. Like, him being like, oh, okay, daddy got the job. Or, no, daddy's not drinking. Or, yes, he is thinking about the bad thing. Like, we are seeing all of that. So, we know it's not just intuition. Yeah, and the whole thing with Wendy's sister. Like, Wendy's never mentioned that. He's getting angrier and angrier. Not just Danny, excuse me, it's Wendy, really. Wendy feels like Jack's getting angrier and angrier with her and Danny. Mm-hmm. Which is not good. Especially when he was drinking, that wasn't good. And then Danny, at the same time, all this stuff about what's been going on, like, he wants to tell, but... He had mentioned that one of his friends back when they were living in the Northeast, his dad, they called it what having a fit, but it's really he was having a breakdown and they sent him to the sanitarium. And so Danny, even though he knows his parents won't send him to this sanitarium with the men in the white coats, like, you know how we shouldn't, duh, this is obvious. We shouldn't be, you know how a lot of people be like, oh, you know, if you keep acting like that, I'm going to call the men with the white coats, blah, blah type thing. Mm -hmm. Well, for Danny... He's actually scared about that becoming a reality. Like, he's like, no, if I tell them, like, they're going to call the men in the white coats and take me away from my mom and my dad. Am I having a breakdown like Mr. Stinger? I think that was his name. Steiner. Excuse me. Mr. Steiner was having because he had, like, tried to kill his family or something. The man was losing. He was eating bugs and shit. It was crazy. And so Danny feels like if he talks about it, they're going to send them him there. Because they're going to think he's making it up. But even Danny says he knows what he's seeing is not normal. Yeah. Danny even knows that. And that's yeah. huge. Well, that's what um, Dick was saying. Dick Halloran was saying is, you know, not everybody knows that they shine. But Danny definitely knows that he does. He doesn't call it the shine. He calls it Tony. Mm -hmm. But he knows that it's not fake. It's it's not fake. He knows that. He knows that it's real. He does know that sometimes what happens in The Shining doesn't necessarily come true. Yeah. But he knows that um, more times than not, it's coming true. And maybe the things that he says didn't come true, it just hasn't came true yet. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, it hasn't happened yet. And it's crazy how now he keeps reaching out. Like he wants Tony to come to him and show him what Red Rum is, even if it scares him. And I'm like that. As I found, as you see later, I'm like, ooh, I was like, that's probably not good. And I just, it's just getting, the tone of the hotel is just getting darker and darker because remember when Wendy and Danny left to go into town and because Wendy was basically saying because she just had this feeling that Danny was hiding stuff and he's not okay so she wanted to talk to him mm -hmm. and so like 
she was talking to him and stuff and she mentioned like well how would you feel if we left the hotel and Danny actually got a bit hopeful and you know and he was like oh really like in a motel or whatever and well when he's like it wouldn't be in a motel because we can't afford it and it'd be with my mom and Danny just it fizzled like Danny yeah. basically he literally said he doesn't like her mom he doesn't like what his mom think her mom thinks because her mom basically thinks that she can take Danny from them mm-hmm. and not only that it's sad that Danny said he would rather be at the hotel than with Wendy's mom yeah that made me so sad yeah that I I like that hit me straight in the gut I said that hotel is so nefarious and this is just the tip of the iceberg of what's going on right now and the fact he would still rather risk that than staying with his grandmother I said that's crazy oh it is and he also felt like you know I don't want to make daddy sad too because like Wendy is so jealous of Jack and uh, Danny's closeness let's just keep it 100 she is she she is and I don't understand I mean I also kind of get it she she's very cautious about Danny that Danny cautious is, is an understatement Dan, oh, oh you didn't let me finish I was about to say Danny Sorry. in her whole world okay yeah <laughs> he is her whole world so she does not want anything bad to happen to him and if that means taking him away from Jack then she would do that and she even doesn't even like her own mom but she was willing to go just to just to go to her mom just to make sure that nothing bad happens to Danny yeah I think that also does speak volumes I know you were upset about her staying with Jack and everything but I mean her whole world is Danny yeah I guess she feels like no matter where they are as long as she is with Danny nothing bad will happen to Danny Mm -mm. and it's just sad because like her and Jack had talked about it. That she, they don't have anywhere else to go. They don't have all their friends that they had. If they even speak to them, they're in New England. Mm-hmm. It's about to start. Well, not at this point of this conversation, but it's about to start snowing and getting out of the Rockies would have been difficult. And especially with their bug, because their bugs basically just sitting there dead in the parking lot. Let's just keep it 100. Yeah, so. they're, they're bugs. Dang. That bug's old, but it got four new tires on it. <laughs> <laughs> the water pump about to go out, but guess what? It can the wheels can turn. <laughs> and you know what's sad too? Like he had tried to get Tony to come, and he couldn't, and he just started crying. Cause that's scary. It's just like Tony yeah. is always telling him what's gonna happen next, what's gonna happen next, and. You know, for me, I'm thinking of something's telling me, oh, this is going to happen next, this is going to happen next, and then all of a sudden, they don't have anything that happens next. It's a good sign that you might die. That's true. Like, there's nothing else for you to see because you're not there. Poor Danny, man. I said, dang, Danny. Y'all said, you're too young to be going through this. He really is too young to do this. He is such a good soul. And then... While they were gone, honey, his dad was over here getting a little taste of that hotel craziness, if you know what I'm saying. That cray-cray? That them hedge animals were all of a sudden blocking his path type stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that reminds me. So, this all relates, kind of, in a sense. So, Danny was playing, and he thought that the hose was a snake. 
Yes. The live yes. actual snake. And then Jack, he's like, okay, these hedge animals are alive. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, is everything kind of like, you know, it's kind of like animal related. Like he sees a snake and Danny is sure, you know, that the snake's going to hurt him or bite him. And, you know, he goes away. He doesn't even tell his parents that that happened. Because if he would have told his parents, you know, Jack may have felt more into the hedge animals. Yeah. Yeah. You look at you connecting dots, making good little guesses and theories. Yeah, I gotta guess. I gotta theorize. But it's crazy. (laughs) And you know what's crazy? Jack did what Dick always told Danny to do, but never told Jack just to close your eyes. Give it a minute. And then once Jack did, guess what? Everything was back to normal. And this makes me think like, okay, well, does Jack have a little bit of shine in him too? Maybe, but what what weird things is the mom seeing right now? Her own nervousness with her crazy self. Yeah, I was like, so does he have a little shine or is the hotel just really trying to get him? Because all the weird stuff that's happening in the hotel right now is being only seen by Danny. But we know Danny has the shine. And even Dick had the shine and he was like, oh, the things in the hotel won't hurt you. You know. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's people who only have a shine or a little bit of shine see these things? Or is it really, like, the hotel presents itself to whoever the hotel wants to present themselves to? And that's a good question, because after that happened, he just believed he was just seeing stuff. Literally. He was like, well, I'm not going to tell them. But then in the next chapter, which is only two pages, because that's when the snow has started, they were feeling like the hotel was this huge monster that had basically just eaten them. Like Monster House. Yeah, essentially. It's basically Monster House. And they felt relieved in a way because it, at this point, because the snow, it gave them no choice of whether they should stay or go. Because now that they're snowed in, they don't have a choice. They have to stay. That would be peaceful. That's all I'm saying. Honey, that hotel, I would have called Ormond like, I Wait. I would have hiked down. <laughs> Not hike in the snowstorm. <laughs> no, the hotel with them live um, animals. That well, Asia, live, you got to hedge animals. Well, Wendy won't do that because she's so scared of the Donner Party, which she mentioned again. I would like to mention that she stays mentioning them. I will That's say current thing. Yes, she, her and cannibalism is something weird. But I will say at the beginning of that chapter, that was like chapter 22, when she was having that conversation with Danny, it starts off with um, a Credence Clear Water revival song. One of my favorites, actually. I see bad moon rising. I'm being so, that song's literally just about bad omens. The whole song. I see trouble on the way. And I was like, well, I was like, if that's not foreshadowing, I don't know what else is. That is such great foreshadowing because that literally that whole song is just about bad omens and bad things coming and whether or not you're going to do something about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the fact they were in the car and she was having this conversation with Danny, I was like, oh, this is not going to lead well. And it doesn't because in the last chapter of the part, Asia, gosh, it went down. 
down bad. Like, to start things off, Wendy already had a bad feeling she could not shake. Like, that's uh, a- at, this, at this point, the whole family is very wary about this hotel. Mm-hmm. Wendy, like, Wendy, like you said, like, maybe the hotel presents itself to certain people in a certain way. Like, because you got to think, Jack's falling into this obsession. Wendy's just extremely paranoid, like, more so than she already is. She's so paranoid and she keeps having these bad feelings and stuff. And Danny's out here seeing madness. And I'm like, this hotel already, they've only been there four and a half weeks. Yes, roughly four and a half weeks. They've been there by themselves. And they've got to be there till the spring by themselves in this hotel. That's why I was just like, I would have hiked. <laughs> as soon as that st- snow started falling, I was like, get your stuff. Let's drive the car as far as it can go. And let's hike the rest of the way. Take all that food up in there. Just throw it in the snow to let it get let it get nice and cold. Mm-hmm. I would have. I'm like, there is so much going on. It's it's a lot and it's just i know it's just gonna come overhead and i'm like oh man they're not ready like i said jack's losing his mind wendy's he's losing his mind and his addiction to this hotel danny oh how did we not mention this wow danny's being tempted by that room he's been consistently tempted through this whole part oh yeah he has been that's why like we you said with the with the hose becoming a snake because he was outside of that room, just staring at it, debating whether or not he was going to go in. And That's at first, saying, like this stuff with the shine, I'm just like, this hose near the doorway came alive. So what is going on inside that room? And we find out. Whoo, yeah, we find out, honey. And when I tell y'all, that's some that's some nastiness, bro. I tell you what, <laughs> it's gross, Danny. I felt so sorry for him i'm being so serious y'all i i wanted to cry i don't always cry like when i read but danny i wanted to cry because i was like this is awful because what does he see asia a naked woman in the bathtub dead y'all but not like recently She's like purple and bloated because she's been yep. she's been dead for years. And poor Danny, he sees her and he shrieks. He ends up peeing on himself, and at the same time, homegirl just sitting up. Oh, and can we also talk about how in his head he's over here like, you know, repeating the words that Dick is saying is like, oh, they can't hurt me, they can't hurt me, they can't hurt me, and then he feels her hands around his neck. And forces him to look into her dead face. Mm-hmm. And that's where it is, y'all. I was like, Danny! Danny! Oh, <laughs> I was like, oh. Because like he was so scared, he couldn't register. Because it was saying the door probably was unlocked, but he was just so scared he couldn't, you know, get it into himself to go and check. But Because he was just like banging on the door and trying to scream. But it was too late. Charity had her grimy, nasty, dead hands on him. Oh, Danny. I just want to give that boy a hug. Okay. And 
he likes cheese and bologna sandwiches, which are gross, but I'll give him a nice little cheese and bologna sandwich, honey. <laughs> oh, man. But this is, this is, we're getting to it, y'all. The meat and potatoes is the Stephen, of Stephen King's genius. We are, and it's only going to get crazier from here on out. It has to be. Like, this next part to the end, I know, is going to be absolutely mad. If... It like I said, Asia's seen the movie. I have not. I've only seen excerpts, and even then, it wasn't stuff I can even connect. I really can't even connect. So I'm into this really blind, and I'm over here like, if this whole family survives this ordeal, they're first off they're gonna need to get some help. <laughs> oh yeah, they're gonna need counseling. They're gonna need BetterHelp.com or something, honey. They're gonna need counseling, and not on top. Is not on top of that. If their family unit is not stronger after this, Wendy and Jack just needs to go ahead and get that divorce. <laughs> wow. I'm being serious. Like, if y'all went through all this hotel and you're, this will literally make or break your relationship. Because <laughs> this is madness. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's that room, man. I feel like that room really, like, the just like, with kind of like the floodgates with Danny just like how the scrapbook was the floodgate for Jack I feel like you said the hotel picks and chooses and it has certain floodgates where it starts revealing its true nature to people and I'm just like well, alright well where's Wendy's or is Wendy going to be the only one that doesn't see or deal with really anything but has to deal with the repercussions of the hotel affecting you know her loved ones yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Hopefully, it does turn out well. I'm not going to say anything. Good. <laughs> I hope it turns out well, too, because, geez Louise, it's getting crazy. Like, I was sitting here, because uh, I reread the last chapter before Asia and I started recording a few hours before we started recording just so I could just reread that because I was just like this is madness like this is madness and I'm like god I know it's just gonna get worse because that's the one thing I'll give some because one of my favorite Stephen King books is Duma Key we're not gonna read it on this podcast because I've read it multiple times and I know Asia's like well that's not fair which is true so but like in that book it kind of like in the location this I think it's a newer, it's newer in comparison to The Shining, but just like how in that book, the pro, the protagonist, like his environment just shapes and it's craziness even there too. And I just, I feel like that is a Stephen King theme in its own right, right there. Just people going to a place and the place is just absolutely, it's maddening. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Like, it's just maddening. And that's why, like, based off of Duma Key, like I said, which is a couple years newer than The Shining, and how that played out on that guy's psyche, I know for these three, their psyche is about to be absolutely rocked. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, and like, we keep saying, Danny's only five, bro. <laughs> Danny's five. And like, how to deal with all of this. Like, even if he gets some therapy, honey, if he comes out of this on the nice and sunny light side i'd be surprised 
which sounds really bad, but I'm being honest, like when a lot of kids go through traumatic things, they more often than not, they come out okay, but there's the ones that still will slip through the cracks. And Danny, mm, mm, Danny should have went to Florida. <laughs> no, he should have. He should have left with Dick. His mama, you trying to kidnap my boy? I'm trying to save him. Let her and Jack sit up in there with Jack going through. And that was crazy because like, you know, they said one of his symptoms was like him wiping his mouth. He was doing it to the point his mouth started to bleed. And I'm like, and he's chewing on aspirin. Asia, I've have you ever heard of people doing that? I've never heard of anybody chewing aspirin. Um, aspirin? No, I don't know anybody. But I mean, my our family doctor has definitely been like, oh, instead of like getting an Ambien prescribed to you because it costs more, a more cost effective thing is to like cut a Benadryl in half and chew it. Mm-hmm. So I've heard have heard of people chewing on medication because it might I don't know it seems to be faster acting. So I, I've heard of people chewing on medication. Yeah, I'm like it wasn't aspirin; it was Excedrin. Excuse me. I was like him just popping Excedrin and chewing them. I was like, okay. I was like, all right, Jack. I was like, you can have this one, buddy. <laughs> like I was like, okay, bud. I don't know. I'm officially starting to enter the worry gates like i'm not wendy's level of worry wendy's gonna die early of an ulcer because she's worried all the freaking time but worried all the time like i'm like ma'am you just mm, she real she's wendy's just so scary too that's the other thing she's worried and nervous and scary and anxious i'm like ugh, she's gonna have a heart attack (laughs) she don't calm down probably not oop what if that girl the hotel might cause it to happen? Like I said, y'all, I don't know. But if if I have a prediction that comes right in this book, then I guess I'm gonna have to quit my day job and become a um fortune teller because that's my true calling. Okay, you're taking it too far. <laughs> I'm just saying. So I'm excited to see how this book pans out, man. I'm low key scared too. I'm low-key scared. I mean, all we can do is read. So, I guess that's what we're going to have to do, is pick this back up next week. Yeah, we will. So, do you have anything else to add? No, nothing else except for I might need a nightlight. Okay. (laughs) (sighs) So, thank you guys for listening. Um, please leave a review wherever you're listening to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I don't think you can do it on Spotify, but if you go to our link on Anchor, you will be able to listen. Yes, and like always, you can follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Sisterhood Book Pod and Twitter at Sisterhood Book One. Yes, please go comment, whatever, give us suggestions, rip us apart. Don't- <laughs> we're tough we can handle it so thank you guys as always for listening thank you and we'll see you guys next week